yeah, there's stuff going on that we get to talk about. A lot of previews for the upcoming fall and winter movies, as well as a movie review of Don't Don't Breathe. Breathe. I know what you're thinking. I don't need no reason. You know it good. (laughs) You know it good. Don't breathe. Yep, don't breathe. Uh, It is a thriller. It is directed by Fede Alvarez, who did the 2013 reboot of Evil Dead, which we really liked. Yeah, which was really us, actually. At first, I didn't want to see it because everyone was like, yeah, it's not really Evil Dead. And it's not, but it's still a fucking tight horror movie on its own. It's real horror, and it's really stylized. This and is not well executed. Horror. Yeah, that's the thing. Don't breathe is not a horror movie. It's thriller. It's, it's a uh, suspense thriller. It's Spencer. It starts Stephen Lang, who is the bad guy in Avatar. He's in all the new upcoming ones. He's you've seen him. He's a character actor that is plays a bad guy a lot. And yeah. Also starring Jane Levy, who was on Suburgatory and That Evil Dead 2013. Dylan Minnette, who looks just like Nick Jonas. Daniel Zavato, who played Jack on Fear the Walking Dead. He's the guy that. The daughter befriends on the boat on the radio and like allows him and his buddies to come over and infiltrate. Well, they basically like find their position from right. the radio. She has this like romantic relationship for a stranger in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, for God's yeah. Sakes. So he's so that's who those guys are. It's it, they're robbers. The three kids. They're young. Well, yeah, they're like somethings. young professional thieves. How breaking in? Not or, super professional, but the, the one the one the that one looks like Nick is, Jonas yeah. is his father's a security, and it's set in Detroit. His father's security officer, he gets the keys and the places. They go in, they steal, but they have this kind of rule. Don't, nothing un- over, no cash and nothing over $10,000 because they don't want to have... Larceny yeah. charges, yeah. So they're doing this and then they get a, a, a beat on this one with this guy who's a, a vet, a former veteran who's got a place in the hood in Detroit where And you it's lived. like they set it in literally like Linwood and... Buena Vista, which is really close to the neighborhood, and it's in the west side of Detroit. And I lived on like Joy and Myers, and I actually had a few friends that lived off of like Linwood and uh, Davison uh, Freeway or Highway or whatever it is. And it's like it's, it's it's one of the roughest neighborhoods in the country. Yeah. Like first of all, Stephen Lang wouldn't be living there by himself. Some like old blind white guy. Maybe he would. <laughs> but. That then second of all, those three white kids wouldn't be going into like Linwood and Buena Vista at night by themselves. Even to, they'd get robbed. Right. They would get their shit stolen. Well, let, let, we don't know. He they don't know this guy's blind. They case out the joint. They go. They see it's like this big house, and they case it out. Then they discover he's blind. They're like, oh, he's blind. It's gonna be easy. So they decide they're gonna go back that night. And he's got apparently his daughter was killed by a drunk driver, and he got a huge settlement. Yeah. And they believe the cash is in the house. In the house. And so their plan is to go back that night, get the cash, get in, get out, you know. And then the girl, as we find out, has a, a backstory of like a horrible mother and drunk, and she has a little sister who she wants to take to California and get out of this whole miserable place. Yeah, and the whole thing is they're like, yeah, this will be our last big job, and if you know, they're supposed to. They think there's like three hundred thousand dollars in cash in the right. house is what they think. And so that's basically their idea is like, if we do this job, we'll never have to do another job. And the first, the kid who's like the responsible thief. The Nick Jonas one. Yeah. is like, he 
really looks like Nick Jonas. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's why I keep saying it. Well, he I, looks I like get a, it out of my head. Little pop boy. Like yeah. A, yeah. It's kind of a funny casting. And I mean, the three of them were okay. They weren't. They weren't anything special as far as acting goes for me. Their performances weren't all that. I know. Well, but so he, like you were going to say, he he uh, is He's responsible. He doesn't want to do it. Yeah. He thinks it's a bad idea. They go. They get into the house, and things go awry very quickly. Well, they what they had that they they made this like chlorophyll chloroform bomb or something to knock out the guy because like we'll just go in when he's in the house sleeping they but. knock out his pit bull or rottweiler or whatever rottweiler it is. in a clever way they feed it and feed it and knock eats it out. the pill or the inside little bit of meat or whatever it is and so the dogs are yeah there is a giant dog by the way and that plays a pretty big part in this movie and so mm-hmm. they go in they're looking around and then he goes up to the bedroom and he makes this little chloroform bomb that sort of fills up the room and he thought it would knock him out and so as they're like breaking into this like double locked door inside the living room uh the, like the guy wakes up and mm-hmm. he's downstairs and he's on top of them and he's like who's there and the guy's basically pulls a gun because the one like little gangster kid brought a gun with him and he's trying to get into the room that's locked that they suspect the money is in by shooting it, which is stupid. I mean, he gets cocky. Yeah. And the totally. one. And, and so the guy's not asleep. He wakes up. He comes down and there's a fight between them. And he gets the bet the, as the you know former vet. We find out there's a lot more to this guy than meets the eye. The Stephen Lang character. Yeah. He gets the better of this kid. And then the two of them are left. In the house to try to, uh, he locks them in the house basically. Oh, and he finds a piece of glass because they break the window because they can't get the doors open because they don't have enough or the right keys to get past the uh, uh, alarm system. And they take their shoes off, which, which becomes a weird. thing because yeah. he finds the pairs of shoes yeah, and, and he, realizes there's more of them. There's more than just one person because the kid before he gets killed by we won't say how he says he's the only person in the house to try to like save the other two of them right you know and so he's you know walking around the Stephen lang character and he feels a piece of glass on his foot and he realizes that the one window is broken out so he like boards up the window and locks yep. all the doors from the inside he has like inside locks yeah and it, it, it's cool because the one thing about detroit is that it had the biggest um homes per square foot average of all of america when there was like the automotive boom is that true yes huh, wow and now they're all two family flats because the houses in these neighborhoods you know have become really sort of impoverished mm. neighborhoods but the house it's accurate because it's a fucking huge house and it's in a really bad neighborhood but it's a giant house and we you get to see how big the house is um Throughout, throughout the, the movie. yeah, because the, the, the entire film essentially takes place in this house, and yep. but we should say too that the neighborhood, when we say bad neighborhood, it's an abandoned neighborhood. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not just like you know L.A. gang culture, you you know, which is also horrible. But people live there. This is like. Like someone told me when I lived in Detroit, like if you're going through a neighborhood and like the windows are gone, mm. smashed out, like don't stop, don't even really, yeah, you don't. And people still live there, but if like the windows are gone, it goes below a level of like, oh, this is the hood, or like, oh, be careful, this goes wow. to like wolves, to like wow, yeah, man, like it goes to a different level of like survival and like poverty. It's uh-huh. not just like, oh, this is let's make a rap song about this. This yeah. is like poverty in america well it it frankly looks like 
you know, a country under siege of a war. It, a lot of the neighborhoods look like that, especially on the east side of Detroit, like mm. at Van Dyke and Harper and like Van Dyke and Seven Mile and shit. Like there's parts of the city that you would, it's like rubble. Mm-hmm. It's like literal rubble that hasn't been touched for 40 years. That's, you know what I mean? Well, and the vegetation is all like out of control. Yeah. Like there's no, clearly the city doesn't come anywhere near this block at all because everything's growing and it's well, wild. That, and that block times that by like square blocks of the city of miles and miles yeah. and miles. Yeah. And it's like, they do this like house, abandoned house, abandoned house, vacant lot full of grass. That's why it's so easy to like dump bodies and stuff. Yeah. And, Gah. Like you can't even police it. There's wow. so many empty buildings and warehouses, and they they go. There's like that factory where there's like the abandoned factory where he meets the guy to get the tip, and it's all graffiti. Yep. And, yeah, and like the scrapping industry in Detroit's huge. The like illegal scrapping, right, industry right, where people go in and literally just collect metal and copper piping and copper wires and to sell, sell it to China. And sell Remember it to we China. saw that on the Vice episode. Yeah, and that's a real thing people do yeah. in Detroit because it's sort of like a backdoor industry you know what i mean yeah well so and the story like we said takes place in this house and it's the two of them trying to survive because we find out that that stephen lang blind as he is is still a, a badass yeah and he gets the gun so now he has a gun and he's shooting and he realizes that there's more people in the house and a lot of the tension is around them literally holding their breath or standing very still as he mm-hmm. sort of walks directly by them or she's in the closet and he goes into the closet and she sees the safe and she's right they like he's right on top of her and he doesn't even know mm-hmm. and they're trying to maneuver around until eventually he realizes that there's more than just the one person and he has like a body that he has to get rid of which oh right with thing. the yeah yeah so he the Stephen Lancaster just like get rid of this body and then these two are trying to get the money still because she finds the safe and try to get the fuck out of there but they don't know how to get out of there because they're locked in right from the inside well and it brings up a, I mean and we find out that he's got a dark secret that we're not going to reveal because it's a big spoiler um, in the basement and we find out that he's not just the poor wounded veteran that we think he is he's actually no. kind of a sociopath and. But at the same time, I mean, they're robbers. They're robbing this guy's house. Yeah, so. that's the thing. You don't have a lot of sympathy for them. Yeah. It's a weird, because I guess as a writer, you're sort of like, how do they get into that house in the first place? Mm-hmm. How would you write that? Are they selling him Girl Scout cookies and he brings them in? <laughs> you know, No, it's like they have to be robbers. They're not like electricians. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then that being them being robbers, you don't really build a lot of sympathy. Like you guys actively chose to break into this guy's house a blind veteran well and i mean it brought up it does bring up a lot of issues in terms of race things because the fact of the matter is they don't have any no african-american is in the film whatsoever and, and as it's you in pointed Detroit. Out, yeah that would that's not realistic it's not realistic and then so the question is you know you've got this nick jonas looking kid and this blonde girl mm-hmm. and they're bad they're doing bad things but and we're sympathetic to them. If they were two black kids, would we be sympathetic? Not at all. And we find out that it's like the Nick Jonas kid. It's like there's no necessity there. He's just doing it because he likes the girl. Whereas right. she has a necessity that she lives in a bad home. Yeah, in like a trailer park. And I guess they set that whole piece up so that you feel bad and sympathy for her. That's what you're supposed to feel. I didn't. No, I mean neither. Yeah, neither did I. You I, know? No, I think I don't know if it was acting or just writing or just, you know. Yeah, maybe just the writing, but 
I was never like, oh, I hope she makes it out to save her sister or something. Yeah. It's like, no, you guys are like fucking thieves. Right. You're breaking enter. It's like a profession. But you, know? but you know what I'm saying? If it was if it was three, if it was a, all black kids, one of them female, no one would have any sympathy for them, even though they probably would have even more necessity to be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. People so, would, they would be the bad guys. They would be the bad guys. And Stephen Lang would be the good guy. And the fact that they didn't have it have any in there was clearly a choice to make white race, america race, feel okay like we're not going to make the black guy be the bad guy or like, the black guys be the robbers the right. home invaders you know what i mean yeah because like, that would have been a touchy thing it would have been accurate in the sense you're in the fucking hood of detroit right and like for real those kids wouldn't even know where to go in that city mm-hmm. being just white kids from like uh, the other side of a mile, like Royal Oak or right. fucking Dearborn or some shit. Like they wouldn't know to go to Buena Vista and Linwood and fucking rob some guy's house. And even if they did, they wouldn't be doing it alone. And if they did, they would have got the plug or the tip from a guy in that neighborhood yeah. who would all would have been black. You know what I mean? Right. Like someone in this equation would have been a black guy yeah. or a black girl. You know, like the guy that tells him about it was like this Hispanic guy who like lives in a truck and like yeah. buys his stuff. <laughs> and I mean, there's Hispanic people on the southwest side of Detroit. There's a bunch of them there. But this is like West Side Hood. I mean, this is yeah. specifics, but. Well, and it's specifics because you know it. But at the same time, to me, it's kind of emblematic of the fact that we're so. Why can't we be real without? I mean, why? Like, let's be real, but more complex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real, but show that there's complexities to to it. Like, right. That, so there's like, no, we're not going to make him black, and therefore that would be racist because they're the bad guy. But like, the fact is, that's who would be in that city. And the fact is, there's complicated reasons for why. Uh, you know, three black kids would be stealing because they live in a war torn. You know what I mean? They're it is almost war torn. Yeah. Whereas it's, yeah. there's no good reasons for these three extremely white kids that look like they're just kind of brats. And the one kid who's like a like a little gangster kid because he sags yeah. his pants and he has the cornrows and shit. But he's like a white, but like half Hispanic, but. I don't know. One of them would have been fucking black. Yeah. Like someone would have been black. Right. You know what I mean? In Detroit. Like, don't put it in Detroit's proper. Like, yeah. Like, it's a very specific city. And anyone that lived there would be like, huh. Maybe it wouldn't bother them. And it don't necessarily bothers me, but it's just not 100% accurate. It's noted. We, it's it, noted. It, no, it was it's noted. noted. We, it's one of the things I really stood out. Yeah. It's, so you talked about it a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it stood out to me, too, just from knowing you and hearing about your life back there and, and also just knowing Detroit. So, yeah, it was a little, you know. So, we, I mean, we kind of went off on that for a little bit, like, it, it, but it's valid because I think it, it's valid to the script weaknesses. Although at the same time, I want to say... I felt the script was pretty good and I felt the direction was pretty good in terms of there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of jump scares that got me and uh, the shots were really interesting. I thought the camera work was interesting. That, well, yeah. And that's the, one of the things that I noted about Evil Dead, the, the new one, because it wasn't just some like fucking hacky, like someone put a lot of care into making that new Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I, I watched it begrudgingly, I think it was on TV. And I'm like, I guess I'll watch this. And then it's, man, it went like high, high 
fucking horror. It was so high. And I was like, what? That's what they're because the other one was horror, but it was still campy and yeah. comedy, and that's what made Evil Dead the original right. sort of. But they took out all the comedy, but I didn't fault them for it because there was no Ash character. Yeah, you know what I mean. There was no, you know, there's no like likening. It was just still the cabin in the woods, right? And kids get killed by spirits, but that was about as Evil Dead. As right, it was. right, right. But the movie was shot as well as the Evil Dead, and that yep. sequence. There was one sequence that really stood out where it goes pitch black. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're oh, escaping, yeah. and then it's sort of shot almost in like it's not like. What do they use that night vision camera to, mm-hmm. make, to let you know it's in the dark, the audience? It wasn't that type of camera, but you could tell it was completely pitch black and this blind man's looking for them in yeah. the dark and they don't know how, where to move or what they're going to step on. That was very or, scary, yeah, that sequence. Yeah, it was cool. It was really yeah. cool, man. And then the gunshot would go off in the blackness and just flare it up, you know, yeah. and then it would go back down. And I mean, it's worth seeing for sure. It Absolutely. Was, it was fun to see in theaters. It just wasn't like, well, I thought there'd be more of a horror film. Yeah, I was okay that it wasn't a horror film. I liked the idea of it being a thriller. I just think, um, and I mean, overall, you know, we're being nitpicky because that's, we're critics, but you know what I mean? But like, I I think that it's enjoyable. I think you will be scared by it. You'll be thrilled by it. All of that. I think they did a good, you know, overall did a really good job. And it's, it was, you know, this summer they I was reading over kind of Entertainment Weekly did a thing on what's big winners this summer Mm -hmm. and one of them was the indie horror yeah purge the purge election year did well um lights out did well which we didn't like but it did really well oh really um and don't breathe was number one at the box office this week yeah so i mean this is a this is a known easy to do cheap it's thing. pretty people cheap want it like it and it you shows know? the numbers show people still like this and people yeah. still like to go to theaters i like to go to Me theaters too. for a horror movie yeah. it makes sense who said it's like you're in a room with strangers in the dark it's kind of fun yeah you know absolutely and so if they give us good movies i'll keep showing up yeah that's why I like lights out i was disappointed because i like like i'm still on board to go see horror movies i in the know theater, and i'll pay the money for a movie that only cost a few million dollars to make you know well i wish we had seen hush in a theater the well, film that, wasn't that we in theaters, though, it wasn't it? in theaters it's a film that's on netflix right now which we kind of keep pitching that's uh home invasion scary thriller uh and it's so good and so scary that i think if i saw it in a theater i would have been like terrified well speaking of home invasion i kind of I, I like hush was more dynamic to me than don't breathe it's still my favorite one that we've seen this summer as a on horror netflix or, or at all as a horror this summer wow. you know that yeah, yeah. is my favorite one because that scared the living shit out of me uh and the invitation those two are my favorites this summer and the funny thing about hush is that in don't breathe there's a blind guy and then in hush there's a deaf person yeah that's funny that's very similar but they really executed that film well yeah it was very simple but the st- yeah. just was such beautiful execution of a film it's worth watching for free for god's sake yeah it, it's not as flashy as don't breathe like don't no. breathe is, has a bigger budget than that for sure i mean that's a small budget film but yeah. what they were able to do with that cool story yeah and with that small budget it's uh, yeah it's a sort of no-brainer to yeah, watch absolutely you know? well and of course uh the upcoming the neighbors that uh alex esso aka your sister is starring i think in. it's just the neighbor then oh sorry the neighbor god i'm fired fired um bill engvall 
comedian Bill Engvall comedian is starring Bill Engvall. as like in a horror film. This is straight up horror. No, it's not. Oh, it's, it's not. not. It's thriller. Yeah. Well, she said it's like sort of an action movie, like oh. a thriller action movie. Yeah. Okay. So it's not straight up horror. But she went and saw it. They did a premiere in Vegas, and they flew her out, and she nice. got put up, and went to the premiere, and went to a strip club, and got wasted. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell people that? Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's Vegas. <laughs> she's, she's cool with that. Uh, and she said she's like actually the movie came out really fucking well i mean we'll interview her and talk to her yeah we're gonna speak to her in the next couple weeks so stay tuned for that because i'm really looking forward to seeing that it looks great it looks really fucking tight like really well shot well produced well acted um and now like as an actor like you know alex she her her job is done when they wrap shooting yeah so when she goes and see it it's the first time she's seeing it and it's the first time she sees what they did with it right so for her to be like actually you know it was a good movie because she's made bad movies yeah she's made you know what i mean so for her to go as like her own critic and And she might be a little biased you know but be like yeah no it's a good one yeah she's like it's not horror it's like more action thriller uh, suspense kind of thing Very which cool. is cool I want to see it she gets to kill some people Ooh. so show up for that <laughs> so what what would you give Don't Breathe I don't know like a 7.8 well I'd say so 7.5 I mean it's better than a 7.5 yeah I think so I'd give it a 7.5 personally that's what I'd give it alright 7.5 uh, I think that it's worthy of that. And that's a good score. We forget that that's a good score, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty good score. 7.5 out of 10, that's a good score. Yeah, I'd give it like me. I'd give it between an 8 and 7.5. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, 7.5. Yeah, to an eight. I, go see it. We're being nitpicky, but it's yeah, something nitpicky. that you'll like, and it's a thriller that gets you, definitely. Yeah, and there's some pretty cool twists and turns. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so you go see it, you know. So that is don't breathe. Don't breathe. I know what you're breathing. <laughs> you can't take my money. Don't kill me because it hurts. Don't kill me because it hurts. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> or, or hurt.